0: Exciting things right off the bat, we have a new logo, so when you're seeing us on social media and um, throughout the podcast on Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you're listening, we have a new podcast, kind of plain and simple. We will be rocking the new logo, WrestleMania weekend, so if you do see us, we'll have some information for you too on our shirts, so that'll be really cool. But welcome guys, new week, new new Monday Night Raw tonight, hopefully it's not a repeat of last week, but... It seems to be like there's some good things happening, but uh, how are we doing?
1: Good, ready to go, ready for RAW tonight. Um, Hopefully, it's a lot better than last week. (laughs) You know, hoping Roman shows up at some point and gets this feud with Cody going. But I'm feeling good,
2: doing very well. Um, Pretty stacked up card tonight that I'm very looking forward to, including a title match. So, looking forward to it. Hopefully, we'll get the road going with um, you know the promos, everything. We'll get everything underway.
0: Perfect. Um, so, in terms of news this week, we have a lot. So, I'm going to hop into the On This Day, a quick On This Day segment this week. So, back in 2014, NXT Arrival took place at Full City University in Florida, and this was the first ever live event to be broadcast on the WWE Network. So, big things for NXT back in 2014. Does anyone want to guess who was in the main event? It was actually a ladder match for the NXT Championship. Jeez. Oh boy. 2014. 2014.
1: <laughs> probably Sami Zayn probably was in it. I'm going to say Neville.
0: Maybe Kevin Owens. Okay, so it was Neville. I don't or know bastard, that. <laughs> as we say today. It was Neville. It was against Bo Dallas, and Neville did come out on. Oh, top it was
1: a singles the, match.
0: It was a singles match. Oh, singles oh, ladder match for the title.
1: For some reason, I was thinking six man.
0: <laughs> yeah, so a very good, uh, very good main event. Uh, I remember actually going back and watching that match. The second on this day, I'll do another one. They did have a pay per view in uh, No Way Out 2000. It took place, if you remember trivia from last week, the Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut, <laughs> uh, not somewhere else where we thought <laughs> WrestleMania 22 was. Uh, the main event saw the legendary re- retirement of uh, Cactus Jack uh, after a loss to Triple H in Hell in a Cell. Fantastic match. To the WWE title. match. Great yes. match. So I did want to highlight that too. Um, so very, very cool. And then, uh, yeah, so that's the On This Day. In terms of news, we have a ton of it, so I'm going to start going through it now. Um, my first bullet always on the agenda right now, at least uh, till I get the proper landscape and until we figure things out. Uh, Vince McMahon still in charge, could be potentially in, in charge of creative. Not necessarily in charge of creative, but has input. What I thought was interesting this week compared to last week, I did see Triple H say he does have, like, you know, he has some, not say, but he has some input which I thought was very interesting. But as we move closer to tonight, it's going to really depend on Brock and Omos. Because you really can't tell me that Triple H would book that match. And this kind of leads into, hopefully, um, one of our other pieces of news, and we can kind of do both at the same time. Uh, Triple H wants a smaller WrestleMania card. So... And I was looking, I I forget when the last smaller WrestleMania card was. I believe it was Mania 31. There wasn't a Mm -hmm. ton of matches on the card. Which was a pretty good Mania to be fair. It wasn't the best, but it wasn't terrible. So I I think you know, quality over quantity is what I think Triple H goes for now in his pay-per-views. We said this before, he's averaging like five or six matches, it seems per -per pay-per-view. Selfishly, and i think for this is on both sides i think for myself as a viewer if i'm going to an event like we're going to i'd like to see you know a decent amount of folks on the card i also think there is merit that if you do not put on throughout the year you don't get on the wrestlemania card i think that's very fair to say um and you know i i know some talent uh, must be and i think i've heard um, on the socials that they're obviously upset that they're probably not going to get on the card this year. So thoughts about yeah. all of those two things?
2: Yeah, so I had mixed reviews on it because on one hand, when like you're going to be there live, you want to see, like you mentioned, more people, the better. But I also s- understand like the situation at Triple H is more quality over quantity. So he's more of have matches that are like 25, 30 minutes rather than just like stack up five, six, seven, eight extra people into lower the match like volume on it. And I do understand the frustration with the superstars. And I saw a lot of that as well, especially like Omos being on the card, where it's like, dude, why, what has he done to deserve this? Um, I saw a lot of frustration over Logan Paul. And Was even John, I, I
0: like Logan who's part time.
2: I even saw some, even for the legend, John Cena being on the card Now, <laughs> that one, I don't really understand the grip on that because like he helped build the foundation of what WWE is t- today. So it's like the very minimum, you have to respect what John Cena is doing. But for me personally, if I had to come down to it, I would prefer a little bit kind of like between what Vince and Triple H would do, somewhere that's enough matches, but also not like too short that Triple H has been doing. So that's where I kind of stand on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean,. Like Jeremy said, if you don't perform throughout the year and, like, put on good matches and draw ratings, not everybody deserves to get on the card. Like, back in the day, I mean, the WrestleManias were so much shorter, you'd have, like, 8 to 10 matches, right? So, not everybody deserves to, but I understand their frustration because... Every other year that Vince has been in charge, mostly everybody gets on the card. Whether it's an Andre the Giant Battle Royal or the Women's Battle Royal. like You were getting on one way or another. So I understand their frustration, but at the same time, I see it from Triple H's perspective. You want to put on quality matches. Don't care about getting everybody on. Put on the best matches possible. Because that's what we want.
0: And I think, too, it's... You know, there is no Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I, I saw that today that oh. was confirmed there's no Battle Royals or anything like that. So my question, you guys, is how many matches are we going to be satisfied with or think that will be enough?
1: I feel like, I mean, I would be happy with like six or seven quality matches each night. So I'd be okay with, you know, 13, 14, maybe even 15 matches, which if you remember trivia last week is right behind the most matches ever at a WrestleMania, because I think you said it came in at 16. So even if there is like, you know, seven matches one night, eight, another, that's still 15 matches. How can you be upset with 15 matches on the card? If you can't get on.
2: For me, I would say probably eight or nine matches per night. And the reason why I say that is because I feel like some matches like Brock and Omos, that's not going to be a 20 minute match. That's probably going to be, less than 10 minutes so and i feel like there's a lot of time that you still have to like eat up so eventually you're gonna have to whether it's a battle royal that they're gonna throw in their last minute i feel like it has to be a little bit longer than usual so i would say eight or nine per night would be cool with me
0: yeah i think it's something too i understand the talent's frustration especially when it comes to part-time people you know we've set up, we've had these conversations a lot in terms of being able to really balance, you know, who deserves to be on versus who's full-time, who's part-time. The way I see it is, I'm probably in the middle of you two. I would say between seven and eight matches per night would be a sweet spot. Seven would probably be the sweet spot, but they need to be, you know, if you have seven when you have eight the other night, make that eight the same night as you do Uh, Omas versus Lesnar because – Sean is right. That match won't be long. Right. <laughs> that'll. I mean, let, he can barely go with Lashley longer than six minutes. I mean, so. yeah.
1: There's also going to be three women's matches, so maybe yeah. more. There might yep. be four.
0: Yeah. So probably yeah. yeah.
1: Probably two women's matches a night as well.
0: Yep. For it's sure. something that'll be interesting to see how it kind of fluctuates. Um, but there's, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, I'm I'm enticed, but I also. I don't necessarily want it to be like this long-winded thing either. I also think because they split it up, it won't be like that. I think that mindset also was a lot of people getting on those cards when we were talking about it back in the day, it was, you know, there would be 60 matches in a night, like WrestleMania 35. Right. And that was like, whoo! that is a long night. You had Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio have a match for like 30 seconds or however long it was. Right. So you don't have many of those, like, filler things. And they'll do, like, promos and things like that. So who knows what'll happen from that aspect.
2: And I love the two-night WrestleMania that they're doing now ever since 36 and so forth. I love the two-night WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, I think it's... We'll see. Um, Speaking of John Cena, Sean, so I did have in here... um... Originally, the plan, uh, Wrestling Observer came out with John Cena's original plan for WrestleMania, and it was Logan Paul. So they did make that change, I guess, a a month or two ago, maybe two months ago, um, and then decided to go with uh, Logan and Rollins, which I thought was interesting. But what I did find, you know, credible and what what was pretty exciting was uh, Cena did come out and say, either recently or whatever it was. But he said Austin Theory, he sees Austin Theory as a main event guy. So that's a big sponsorship and, you know, push behind Austin Theory. So I think that gives him a lot of credibility. And I think the right move is for him to beat him. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. If it's going to be for the U.S. title, it'll be interesting. I don't know. I mean, there's probably no way you can take it off of him right now. So it'll probably be for the U.S. title. Um, But we'll see. For that,
2: I love the f- move that they swapped that out because of the fact that if you thought talent was frustrated before, could you imagine how they would have been if it was a part-timer in John Cena versus another part-timer in Logan Paul, essentially taking up a spot for a full-timer? So <clears throat> the way they flipped the switch where, like you mentioned, where John Cena stamped Austin Theory like for approval, I feel like John Cena looks at Austin Theory as like a younger him to a degree. Now, I'm not saying Austin Theory is going to be John Cena. Like... No one's going to be John Cena. But I feel like there is a very similarity between the two come-ups. Like, two guys, like, pretty jacked guys, like, in shape, um, very young, hungry, and, like, want to make a name for themselves. And I see that in Austin Theory. And finally, they got rid of the selfie gimmick. He's cutting promos that are top tier now, in my opinion. And him going, turning, like, a full-on heel and, like, delivering – I feel like that is what John Cena looked at himself, and I feel like there's a little bit of envy on John Cena's part. Where it's like, listen, I want, whatever Austin Theory is doing right now is what I feel like he should have been doing, but the comp, but Vince would never have allowed it because of the fact he was selling so much merchandise for the baby face and like, the little right. kids and everything. So I feel like there's definitely a lot of respect between the two. And then as far as Logan Paul and Rollins, I feel like there's a mutual respect as far as the two athleticisms between the two. Seth looks at Logan as a pure athlete, and I feel like Logan looks at Seth as like probably arguably the best in the world right now in WWE. So with those yeah. two in mind, I feel like that's a great move that they did change those plans for the both of them.
1: Yeah, both matches are definitely going to deliver for sure. I mean, theory and Cena are very alike, Rollins and Logan are very alike. So those are probably going to be some hard-hitting matches, and the switch they made was definitely a good one.
0: For sure. For sure. So switching gears, we're talking about best in-ring wrestlers. So Kenny Omega. Uh, back to the Kenny Omega sweepstakes right now in terms of WrestleMania season and his free agency. So we did get some news regarding his contract. It seems like they are going to add on time. If they added on nine months, he would be available in November of this year. From what I heard, there they have not put a number to how many how much time they're extending. So we're gonna see what happens with Kenny Omega. I still imagine, you know, you know, a few years ago, this was like five or six years ago, and we've talked about this. But Omega's career goal was to to fight AJ Styles at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. at a, at the biggest stage, and that's the biggest stage that there is, right? So. AJ's, what, 45, and Kenny's just about 40? Yeah. The time is going to be ticking in terms of having this match. So in my opinion, I think that if that's still his career ambition was to have that match with AJ Styles, especially on the biggest stage, I think that's coming up to really put some pressure on uh, his decision. And I think it could sway him one way or the other. I also think the biggest thing that we should talk about is what the foundation of Cody leaving AEW meant for other people that were going to jump ship. So obviously if Cody came over and just, if they relegated him to the mid card and and didn't do much with him, I think that would be a struggle for people if they were trying to leave AEW. But since Cody, Cody literally came over, beat Seth Rollins three times and, you know, got injured, is now in, came back, won the Royal Rumble, and is now in the main event of WrestleMania. That gives you a blueprint of, if you are a top star, what that could look like for you. So I think Kenny, you know, this is definitely a real opportunity, and I think we shouldn't be as surprised for him moving on as we would right now, because I think it's the perfect time for him you know, he can always go back to AEW at some point if he wanted to. He's 40. You know, he's not too, too old. And it, he's probably still technically... I mean, he's got some miles on his body compared to someone, you know, that's a bit younger than him, like a Jay White, who's a free agent. But Kenny is still at the peak of his, his in-ring performance. Uh, so you And just think about... I and mean, we could talk about it for a couple minutes, too. Just think about the feuds that he could have besides with Styles could have rollins he could have roman he could have gunther a lot of these matches cody would be like dream matches cody yes cody. <laughs> um so i think this is definitely something that um should not be taken lightly, and i i think if people think about it pretty hard i can only imagine what kenny's thinking it, it must be that time you know i think this is the perfect time for him to do it
2: yeah, I think that Kenny looking at Cody and the fact that Cody still has not lost a single match. So that tells you everything you need to know at this point that, that when you come to WWE and you're like the, one of the main guys, like you're going to be taken care of. I also think that they look at Kenny and even like the Young Bucks also on the executive end too. So they can get a very valuable asset out of them on the creative end what they can do behind the scenes as well as what because we know what Kenny does in the ring. He's arguably he's one of my he's probably my favorite AEW guy as far as, like, overall wrestler. And even at close to 40, he's still, like, he's like Will Osprey to me. Like, he's an older version of Will Osprey, And you bring him along, I think this whole thing just comes down to the fact that does Tony Khan, if his relationship is as good as we think it is, yep. I think the one risk is that Omega might feel like he's turned his back on him because he knows that if he and the Young Bucks leave him, Tony Khan and AEW are just buried in the dirt at this point. And I don't. I feel like Kenny is a stand-up guy. I don't think he's the type of one that would just leave, jump ship, and then just not care what Tony Khan does. I feel like he has a genuine relationship with them, where he cares, like he wants like his company to flourish. But at the end of the day, though, he needs to take care of whatever he wants to do. Like he's got goals. He has his ambitions to face yeah. AJ, yeah. and he's got his buddies like um, Matt and Nick Jackson to take along with them if that's the route they go. And, you know, do what's best for you guys. I still think it's a 60% probability or so around that area, 60 to 70. But who knows? I think AEW will eventually use the full nine months on him because it would be the smart move to eat up as much possible. But we will see how that goes.
0: The other thing before Chris goes, about the nine months, it's not like he was sitting on his ass doing anything, you know, uh, doing nothing. I mean, like he was also like – spearheading the video game that's coming out like he was still doing things for the company so yes he wasn't technically wrestling but he was also doing a ton of shit right and he was definitely backstage for like five or six weeks before he came back talking about doing production and things like that yeah. so i think and the other thing that you mentioned sean about kenny being a stand-up guy and like loving aw i mean aw is named after them it's called all elite wrestling yeah, it's yeah. because of the elite like
2: exactly you
0: know that I, I agree. That's why I wasn't as confident either, I think, as as both of you that Kenny was leaving. But who knows? Uh, you know, maybe my hope is that he's leaving, but
1: right, we'll see. Cody would have been the last person that I would have thought would go back, you know? Very true. And he was the first. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> yeah, can exactly. do it. Anybody can do it at this point. He opened the door for the rest of them. He's shown that you can be successful in WWE as long as you clearly you have to get over outside of it for Vince because Vince was the one who brought him back. But,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, if WWE gets Kenny, I don't want to get my hopes up. I'm still leaning more towards AEW re-signing him. But what Jeremy said, it all makes sense. Now is the time. If if his main goal, like you said, is to main event at WrestleMania, there's no better time but now. You both are only getting older. AJ probably only has a few years left on his contract as well. So, yeah. I mean, if that's really the thought in his mind, like, yeah, he has a relationship with Tony Khan, but at the end of the day, this is business. And if this is what he wants to do, go main event at WrestleMania, Tony should be fine with that, even though it would be hurting his company a fuck ton.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think also the the fact that Vince McMahon, like the possibility of him being in control is also going to be the risk that could sway Kenny to stay with AEW. So to your point, that could also be a big factor.
1: Because Triple H definitely gives more creative control. So, like, he'd probably let Kenny script all his promos with AJ. Vince would not do that. So, I can definitely see that steering him away as well.
0: I think the other piece is how much does Kenny value wrestling in New Japan? So, if he values it a lot, is that something... That's something that's worked into his AEW contract. Is Triple H going to say, okay, you can wrestle there... Once a year, twice a year. And Kenny's like, okay, perfect. Is Triple H actually going to be cool with that and let him do it? I don't know about that because then that sets the precedent as well and says, okay, any guy that comes over here that wants to work on an indie, you know, they can do that. And granted, you know, we did see that like NXT people, I believe somewhat recently were allowed to do uh, indie work. But what, right. when I dug into that a little bit mm-hmm. more, it was for Booker T's promotion. So it's not like they really said, okay, go on the indies and you can wrestle. It was like someone that was already involved with WWE that has like an indie wrestling company. So I don't know about that. But I think the Triple H thing with allowing people to like dictate working outside of WWE would be tough, a tough sell.
1: I feel like, I feel like for Kenny, he would do it. Just because he did it for Shinsuke, Shinsuke went and wrestled there like oh, last month. True.
0: Yeah, but
1: mm-hmm. like, and at the same time, like I know Triple H wants to open that forbidden door to other companies. I mean true. he he's always reaching out to to people clearly, um, including wrestlers. So they don't
0: need him though. No, doesn't no, no,
1: no, exactly. But like for Kenny, I feel like he would let him wrestle in New Japan just because he did for Shinsuke. But it doesn't work for everybody. That's the thing
0: yeah I, I think you'll start running into some issues there with some okay mm-hmm. well if kenny can do it why can't i do it right yeah,
2: especially if you're a young guy and you get up in the ranks you become a big name then they're gonna set the bar for it. it's like well you let kenny do this why can't i do it i'm as, almost as big as him now and then right. turns into a lot of altercations that well, triple like, h imagine, does not need imagine having
1: to tell rollins no like yeah, rollins exactly. has been there the longest he should be able to do whatever he wants
2: I think, yeah, And so. I think he can do whatever he wants at this point, stage of his career.
0: <laughs> he just runs around laughing. He's though. the Joker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my. oh, yeah, but we'll go into that, too. We're ho- I'm hoping to see tonight uh, more of those promos. We did see the, mm-hmm. the Rollins and Becky promo for Mania a couple times now. They executed that very well. Rollins is a perfect Joker in terms of that. Yep. Um, so next on the list... Uh, I'll do two things. One that wasn't on the agenda, but I'll mention when we're talking about suspensions. Uh, two things. So I will say it quickly. I don't really love going over this type of stuff, but Jeff Hardy, uh, you know, did get uh, what I call a slap on the wrist for having three DUIs. It's similar to uh, you know our old pal Jimmy Uso, but um, he needs to do some things. But he didn't get any jail time, so we'll mention that quickly. But Matt uh, Matt Riddle's suspension is also up this week Mm -hmm. so and Sean and I chatted a a couple minutes beforehand but it seems like they may not have anything for him at Wrestlemania and maybe make him as type of his punishment per se you know have to miss Wrestlemania as well this year I'm not sure well you know maybe he could come back to me Who, who the hell knows I don't think they'll do a program with him with only like four weeks four or five weeks left to build but uh it seems like he's cleared at this point. So we'll see how he writes him back into television. Anything on either of those?
1: I would love Matt Riddle and Randy Orton, but we know Orton's not healthy. Yeah. So, yeah, for Matt yeah.
2: Riddle, I would love <laughs> I mean I would love to see him versus Brock Lesnar. I think that would be a good sell, a good build up. Yeah.
0: That'd be better than Omas, I'll tell you. That.
2: If
1: I'm Brock uh, Lesnar on Raw tonight, I go out there and I destroy the entire set. To actually get suspended <laughs> to miss WrestleMania, yeah. do not Legit. go destroy everything—the tables, the the oh, reps, whatever you gotta do to get suspended. Don't go to exactly. Mania. <laughs> of course, and NBA then as far as for Jeff- us, but
2: <laughs> yeah, as as far as Jeff Hardy, um, all I can say is like my thoughts to my hope he gets well. Obviously, we all know like we love Jeff Hardy. Like he has a problem, and I just hope he can get his life back together. And because I think his rock bottom is right now, where he gets it set at home, and like. He's bored. I just feel like that's where he's at right now. But I would love to see him make a complete sobriety and then turn around and go back to do what he loves to do. And that's, you know, wrestle at a top level. I don't
0: necessarily know if wrestling is the best thing for him, unfortunately. Because it seems like with this lifestyle, it's always something that's caught up to him, whatever it may be. And that's coming from a big Jeff Hardy fan, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, It's pretty sad because you know, how many times have we seen, you know, him do well for nine months to a year and, you know, something happens and it's a, it's a, it's a rough thing. Addiction is very hard to shake. And I don't think, um, people understand how serious that can be for folks. So I, I think, you know, we wish him the best for sure. And hopefully this time he can, you know, really, really reel it in and, and, just better himself as a person. And I know his uh, Matt Hardy came out and said, you know, the past nine months is he's been doing amazing things for himself. So hopefully he can just build on that yep. as we kind of move forward with that. But definitely shout out to Jeff Hardy.
2: Matt too. Matt's still been a good supporter and brother to him. So shout out to Matt, Matt as well.
0: Yeah. For sure. Um, switching gears. Uh, Roman Reigns, there's been rumors this week and the past few days that I've seen Uh, something that we all suspected potentially after WrestleMania, uh, rumored to, to take a a substantial break after WrestleMania. So my question is how long, my, my second question is, do I think that's going to happen? Uh, I'm in the camp of, I do think he'll probably take a break after WrestleMania. I also think he'll be involved in SummerSlam at that point. So I think it'll be, you know, a few months for him to kind of lay low and, and relax and then come back and maybe build something for SummerSlam. Yep. That's kind of my take on that. Yep.
1: yep. I was thinking the same thing. SummerSlam will be it. And I think that's when he starts up a program with Jay again. Yep. And finally ha- have that match in front of fans.
2: I think he's going to do one more um, main event. And that's like, because I saw that he was keyed in, penciled in for like a Saudi Arabia show. I think he'll probably just do that, and then he'll take his break, and then probably Summerslam will be the next appearance we see him after his like vacation.
1: That's the thing. Do yeah. we see him in a rematch with Cody at some point? Yeah. If he
0: backlash. yes, Maybe? newly named I, I- just backlash. Thank you. Back Finally, to backlash. yeah. Finally, backlash, I, never
2: <laughs> I never understood the WrestleMania Backlash title, but. I'm glad it's, you know, back to where it used to be. <coughs>
0: Vince love to fuck with the pay-per-view names every single yeah. year.
2: Yeah. Um, but to answer your cr- question, Chris, um, I think it's going to be a Cody rematch. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd be fine with it as long as the match is good. Yeah. But, yeah, we, I, I think Roman taking a break makes sense, obviously, for what his schedule already is. And if he does lose the title at Mania, it makes sense even more. Yeah. So we'll see. But – That's another piece of news. And the last two pieces of news I have are, like, announcements for pay-per-views. So, first to the AEW side of things, Spectrum, which is the company, uh, they actually put out, and AEW hasn't confirmed this yet, but I'm sure it's all but confirmed, uh, June 24th is going to be the second forbidden door. It's already posted, like, Spectrum is already, like, promoting it, which is interesting, before AEW even confirms it. But June 24th, we don't know uh, where, but... Last year was in Chicago. My guess is they'll probably do in Chicago again because they fucking love Chicago shows. Pretty yeah. much AEW has every every show in Chicago. Uh so that would be cool. Uh I'd be very intrigued. I think we'll get some matchups this year too that we didn't necessarily get last year. So maybe it'll be Brian Danielson against uh, Okada. Cause I know a lot of people wanted that match last year, and then we he was against X Saber Jr. and then he couldn't even wrestle because he had the the concussions, so no. they gave, mm-hmm. gave it to Claudio. So my hope is at least everyone's healthy going into this so we can build some some great uh, matches. What I will say is I think we can all, maybe we can all agree, I'll just say it. <laughs> uh, the match that stole the show last year for me was uh, Will Ospreay against Freshly Squeezed Agreed. Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the best match of the night. Surprisingly to some, not to me big freshly squeezed fan and obviously will osprey is just incredible but that was the match that stole the show so if we can get some other th- other opportunities for for folks against each other I, th- I think it'd be great yeah they'll have great matches and there's not really much you need to build like hopefully they'll do it on aw obviously they'll probably do it on aw television but their build was pretty good to a lot of their matches last year but maybe a little bit more ahead of time build would be nice
2: yeah, New Japan and AEW together, they put on classics, so this is the right move for what they need to be doing. AEW, to me, my one, like, criticism has been they've had, like, a lot of less shows than what are needed, so increasing, like, the volume of pay-per-views is um, to generate more revenue and, like, hopefully get more eyeballs on the TV screen is what they need. In terms of in wrestling ability, AEW superstars and New Japan, they put on classics, if they can just build a promo ahead of time kind of build the stories from there, then they're going to hit it at the ballpark.
1: Yeah. They didn't really have a lot of, I feel like they didn't have a lot of time to build feuds last time they had a forbidden door. So like yep. now, if you do have Kenny, he wasn't on the card last year. Adam Cole's probably going to be on the card again and hopefully not get hurt this year. <laughs> oh,
2: so yeah. Yeah. Um, Knock even if wood. you
1: bring CM Punk back. Put him on the card. I don't Woo! think he was on it last year. I would love for him to face Fuck it, like, bring him back Osprey Fuck it. or something. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I'm excited for that pay-per-view again. It was really good last year.
0: It's an entertaining one because it's again, it's it's mm-hmm. matchups you would never see right. on regular TV. So mm-hmm. that's very exciting. Yep. And then the other piece of announcement on WWE's side of things, King and Queen of the Ring for Memorial Day weekend, which is actually the same weekend. So I think they're going the night before, double or nothing, uh, on AEW. Ooh. So I think they're doing it purposely, but we'll see. I think yeah. they want to step on their throat a little bit. Why not? Uh, but yeah, so King, Queen of the Ring, my hope is that it makes it mean something. So, you know, back in the day, I think you have got a title shot with it, right? Yeah. So if they did... If they got a title shot, you can dress like a king and queen, whatever you want to do. But um, if it just meant that you were going to get a title shot, say you got a title shot at SummerSlam. This is my fantasy booking right now, right? So me as a fantasy booker, you could potentially put Gunther in this position to yeah. win King of the Ring. Yeah, Specifically because if you say you split the titles at SummerSlam or something like that, even if you do it before... You could have Gunther win King of the Ring, and then you could either have him challenge at Money in the Bank or SummerSlam yeah, as his title match. And you could do that with a few other people, I guess. You know, LA Knight. There's a few other people that I would throw theory. out there to potentially. Theory. Yeah, There's some people that I would throw out Gargano. there to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and you could have a – yeah, we have to include faces. It always right. seems like King of the Ring is always better for a heel. Just I do
2: agree with alone. that. Kind of true.
0: I agree with it. Yeah, it, it makes sense for their characters. like Corbin
2: when Corbin won um, King in the Ring. Oh. I was entr- I was like ecstatic <laughs> when he won because he was hilarious when he was doing
0: that. He was funny.
1: That's how Brock uh, got his title match against The Rock.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, that's the one I was going to bring up. Was, yeah. Was Brock in, in 02. So I I think that something to really you know it, propel it to actually make it mean something instead of just getting a fucking hat. And a, a stick and saying you're king or queen <laughs> would be great. Like you know, I don't give a fuck about that. And don't
1: like, change their fucking gimmick like they do for everybody. Yes, every single every time they change their gimmick
2: somehow. However, it's except Lena, Booker T, queen Booker looks... T though was classic though, with he King Booker, he that was,
1: was he, he, he was the only one that worked.
0: King Booker was yeah. incredible to be fair.
2: Then he had uh Finley and William Regler has his royal subjects.
0: <laughs> yeah, a stone cold one, King of the Ring though, and he still had his same thing. Yep. So yeah, it's it's something that you can do, and I my hope is that moving forward we can we can make it continuously better and and improve upon that. So hopefully Triple H has that in store
1: yeah.
0: for uh, King and Queen of the Ring uh, Memorial Day weekend. Shout out to Double or Nothing. If Vince
1: is in charge, Roman's winning that.
0: Um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big Roman dog
1: Roman, big dog, big dog. He big takes
0: a month
1: off. <laughs> Not the Triple tri- no, tri- big dog. And so you know how? Tr- match.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No kidding. <laughs> know how Triple H is like? The reports are that Gunther's next for like the world title, like the next guy. Yeah, that's all going out the window. Vince is like, wait, who does Trips want? Gunther? Roman versus Gunther? He's gonna squash Gunther in five minutes, and then it's all.
0: It's all over Mosses tramp.
2: Oh my oh god. Oh my god.
0: Um I'm afraid.
2: And know, Charlotte, Charlotte and by the time Vince is fully in charge, Charlotte will have about 20 um, title rings under her belt.
0: The other thing we have to talk about quickly just based on Vince is uh depending who the company sells to is going to be dependent on if Vince McMahon is involved that much. Yeah. The other contrary to that is if he's selling the company he's probably not going to sell to someone that doesn't keep him involved so i think the simple answer is the saudis will keep him involved and i'm hoping he doesn't get involved in creative yeah but mm-hmm. it'll be something to definitely keep an eye on and i think uh nick Khan said recently it could happen within the ne- he's expecting it to happen within the next 60 days wow. so the next two months we'll know what's going on with wwe in terms of who they're selling to So I'm nervous for that, and and we'll you know we'll cover it here, and we'll we'll talk about what that means. But who knows? We could be out of a out of a podcast if uh, we we get this again. Yeah. Oh shit! But
1: we'll start our own wrestling company.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We'll be putting on house shows, guys.
2: Wrestling community. House shows.
0: (laughs) House shows all day. Five
2: dollars. Five bootleg T t t t t shirts. Five (laughs) dollars.
0: god let's do uh we're gonna jump into a quick raw preview tonight we're just gonna go over some specifics for this evening so i know omos and lashley yes uh are going to have a uh, stare down a fight <laughs> whatever the fuck is gonna happen tonight
1: staring contest um
0: yeah, yeah. Who, who knows brock is gonna destroy probably everyone um what else is going on in the card so there is the tag team match the women's tag team match that'll probably mean event yeah. Uh, Lita yeah. and Becky challenging damage control for the titles. Yep. And then Cody was announced to be facing Chad Gable tonight. Miz is doing the uh, Miz TV Goes Hollywood, the WrestleMania edition tonight. Mm-hmm. What else am I forgetting? Any and other there's thoughts on a
1: There's a tag match. You got the Street Profits versus Jimmy and Solo. Okay, so that'll yeah, be a good match,
0: match. Yep.
2: Looking I mean, for forward- it. Yeah, I'm it, looking forward to it. It's already
0: shaping up to be a better RAW. Yeah. Uh, than mm-hmm. last week, Candace We'll see what also, happens Candace in between. LeRae was also announced for a match against Piper Nevin.
2: Yeah, I did see that. Um, yep.
0: With I don't know what's going on with Nikki Cross and Candace, but <laughs> who knows? We'll see what's going on. I love
2: it. It makes me laugh every week. I love it.
0: It does. Yeah, she is. She is very entertaining. Um, and then I believe it's Oscar against Carmella tonight as well. I know that match was yes. going
1: last week. Let's get some so, stories like,
2: going.
0: Yeah, we're, <laughs> for WrestleMania, yeah. come on. That's
2: sure. so that was. I want to touch on that real quick. The Oscar and uh, Bianca. I feel like the whole buildup is gonna be Bianca just gonna either do joint commentary and kind of analyze what Asuka is doing. Oscar has a match. She spits out the blue shit out of her mouth, and then they have a stare down, and that's it. Yeah, that's I that's it, that's man. that's the one struggle. That's why I wanted. Exactly. I wanted Becky or Bailey or someone that also can talk very well to join in on this feud because it takes away the pressure or like, you know, Oscar doesn't have to talk at all at that point. But when you have a one V one, it just makes everything like feel not important. Yeah, but that's just my view on it. But
1: Bianca's good on the mic, but she probably isn't good enough to carry a promo just by herself.
0: No, yeah, she won't get a reaction. (laughs) because <laughs> she's not a heel either right if she was a heel i would say yes uh because she's the face i think people are getting you know it, she's not as strong like they call her the cena but she's not like strong like seen on the mic so no. it's right. something that it definitely can be improved upon so they definitely need to a third but hey yeah who knows hopefully sean's wrong and it's not just the same yeah. stare down every week. Uh, exactly.
2: I saw the change I of plans agree, too. Uh, that Bianca's original opponent was supposed to be Charlotte. Oh, so that's disappointing. I, I thought, it would, yeah, that's that's the one I, want, I wanted to see that at Mania, but maybe I,
0: see, I mean that's the one horsewoman she hasn't beaten, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe that's yep. a SummerSlam match. Yeah. If uh, you know things change and they shift around the rosters a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. because Rhea will probably you know hypothetically would be champ. Mm-hmm. Who knows?
2: Yeah. Uh, as far goes, as um lead as far as lita and becky um i think they're winning tonight and i think you the think plan so? is they're gonna go into wrestlemania and they're gonna face Shayna baszler and ronda for those titles you think that'll so be that's match? that's what i want to happen but i saw that like trish
1: is possibly still involved in something happening at wrestlemania yeah. so i think
0: Agreed.
1: becky and lita get screwed somehow and yeah. trish gets involved i don't know but
0: and I would rather involved, what you just
1: yeah. said happen. I, that's what I would rather have.
2: I thought the it was very interesting.
0: Do... Go ahead, Sean. I
2: was saying, I thought it was very interesting that uh, last week they reported that they had Trish backstage and then last minute they scrapped what she was supposed to do when they just left her off the show last week. Thought that was yeah. kind of low I that they did that. They're but... changing
0: their mind on it, to be honest. So what I yeah. can see is to de- uh, like you guys said, that plan could work. I could also see them, I guess doing like a triple threat match. Uh, For the tag titles, you could have Damage Control, Becky and Lita if Trish doesn't get involved. And then you could have Rousey and Baszler involved as well. And those are your three teams. Maybe that could work, I guess. I don't know.
2: I did see
0: there's definitely beef with uh, Bailey and Ronda catching up there on Twitter. Uh, So they were tweeting at each other this week. I know Ronda was talking shit about... (laughs) talking shit about someone saying the incorrect names or whatever the hell was going on. <laughs> but uh, she was, I think Bailey was complaining because they didn't say the, the names of Damage Control, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, then Rhonda responded, oh, they've been calling me the wrong thing in, like since I debuted in UFC or whatever. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was interesting. But I definitely can see that going that way. So I think they'll be involved as well. So maybe it will be a triple threat match and maybe they're just going to scrap Trish altogether. Yeah. I'm not sure but that would leave Bailey out of that situation. So does Bailey does not have a match unless Bailey just goes one-on-one with Trish. And then you still have that three-way tag match. True. Cause Bailey also. (laughs) Sean doesn't look too thrilled about that. I don't want, I don't want
2: Bailey. Trish does nothing to me. (laughs) So Bailey
0: did come out. She did have uh, an interview as well with Ariel Hawani, Uh, that came out either this morning or yesterday. And, uh, you know she said one of the people she wanted to fight at this year's Mania was Trish so, so it could be a singles match it could be a singles match good lord the biggest thing i took away from Whoa. that interview was
2: Time to rock and roll <laughs> <laughs>
0: the biggest oh, thing i took chick, away chick. from that match uh that in the match the interview was uh she would... Bailey was asked about uh, mercedes So about Sasha asking if she's ever going to return. And she did say yes, which I thought was (laughs) pretty telling just because, you know, they're best friends. Yeah. Is that a guarantee going to happen? I think it's more wishful thinking for Bailey right now, but I do think eventually uh, Sasha Mercedes will come back. Whether that's in six months, whether that's in four years, we don't really know, but. I do think that will happen eventually for them. So that'll that'll be good. But that's what I took away from the interview. So interesting raw tonight. It should be pretty good. What we're gonna get into now, we're gonna shift gears. So usually our second half of our, our podcast is usually some some new things. So we actually did basically kind of like an about me but for wrestling favorites for us um here on the podcast. So all three of us, we had a list of 20 questions. Uh, shout out to Chris for coming up with this list. It was hard to think about twenty different things that you were like super into. Like some of the questions were like favorite theme song or something like that. Uh, so we're gonna gonna go through, but go through each question. We'll have some probably reasoning behind why we have this. Um, but we'll kind of go through it. It's a pretty exciting thing. It also helps you all get to know us a little bit too, and what are you know our favorites of of certain things, and obviously probably where we disagree on certain things. But just going into this list, I also want to um, hint at this is not just because our favorite does not mean it's the best of some things. So everything is relative in the wrestling community. I understand everyone will immediately shit on every anything that they do not like or don't agree with. So just understand we are coming from the <laughs> complete um, mindset of this is our favorite thing. So individually. So if you disagree, that's great. But uh, let us know. Let us know what your favorite things are follow along we we have a list of 20 questions um, so let's start with the first one who wants to go first so uh, the favorite current wrestler is our first question so let's go to uh, let's go to Chris Chris who wants to Chris, Chris, Chris is, this is Chris's list. list
2: Chris this me is, this uh, this is his vision you know, let Chris <laughs> kick it off
1: <laughs> this this is an easy one I think if you've been watching for 12 episodes now you'll know my favorite current wrestler is Roman reigns. The tribal chief, not the big dog. Oh, well, no, the big dog, dog. big dog, too. But yeah, Roman Reigns, (laughs) current favorite wrestler. He's the number one wrestler in the world. He's holding both championships for over 900 days now. His days are numbered as champion, unfortunately, but Roman Reigns, current favorite, current wrestler for me.
2: Nothing much I can say because I second that also, (laughs) Roman Reigns. (laughs) Like Chris mentioned, um, you know, the most dominant in the game. He's like the biggest box office attraction in WWE right now. Um, r- Record-breaking numbers for the longest WWE title streak. Um, best storyline that's going right now and one of the best factions of all time. Roman Reigns.
0: And mine is... Uh, I have Johnny Gargano number one, but I have AJ slightly behind at number two. Uh, Johnny Gargano... It was just a glimpse for everyone that did not follow NXT at Elimination Chamber. He showed you what the opportunity is for him. I think I've said this before, but he is like uh, Brian Danielson in the sense of he's the same size. He could, you know, he could probably do it even a little bit more diverse move set than Brian Danielson can. Um, and he's someone that I've just followed since he came up in NXT. And he's just been someone that. You know, I've been super passionate about following, And AJ um, is always going to be up there for me. And that leads into my, I'll kind of do a snake style, but favorite past wrestler. So it's between AJ Styles and I said before, Jeff Hardy. Uh, Two of the guys that really my childhood was based around, honestly, in terms of wrestling. And those would be my top two.
2: And for my favorite past superstar, um, anyone that knows me, um, the big Dwayne Johnson fan, The Rock. (laughs) Um, The guy was one of the most iconic guys coming up is the storytelling, most charismatic superstar of all time, and highly underrated as a wrestler. So all those things culminated is why I picked The Rock.
0: Black Adam in the house. Black (laughs) Black Adam in the house.
1: And my favorite past wrestler is The Undertaker. Mm -hmm. Whether it's badass taker, biker taker, dead man, Ministry of Darkness, every character he ever had. Was my absolute favorite. I loved in 2004 when he came back as the Undertaker with the Druids and Paul Bearer. Um, he's given so yes. many incredible moments. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a uh, it's easy pick for me, the Undertaker. And if we're doing snake style, <laughs>
0: it's okay, Sean. Sure. if we're doing snake
1: style, that in, leads into favorite wrestler theme song. Yes. This was the one that I had the toughest time with. But I went with it's an tough. easy I went with a easy answer for myself. It is Cody Rhodes Kingdom. Mm. I have thought back on all the theme songs I've ever listened to, and Kingdom was my most listened to song in my Apple music in twenty twenty two, believe it or not. Yep. Whether it was working out, driving, rewatching Cody segments, that has to be my favorite theme song.
2: So I have two for mine. Uh, one of them is like in the category of rock and metal. And that's also what Chris said, Kingdom. I think that entrance, when you hear it, the electricity in the crowd just erupts at how catchy that theme song is. And it gets you just so amped up. It's one of my I every time I'm at the gym, I listen to that song at least one time. And the second one is on the hip-hop side because hip-hop is my favorite genre of music is John Cena, his old theme song, Basic Thugonomics. That's my (laughs) second one. I thought that was always catchy. And I'm even a fan of John Cena, the rapper. So I think that he he created all his theme songs, all his music. And for those reasons, um, those are my two.
0: Yeah. I had – in terms of my favorite – in terms of playtime in my head and, and what I think of it, I also think it's the best is Metalingus. Mm-hmm. I do think it's tough to not um wanna put that number one. I also had Kingdom as a backup because like these gentlemen on my Spotify, it was probably in my top five played songs this past year. Um I just think that song is just incredible. I also want to throw some honorable mentions out there for AJ, again, consistently an AJ theme. Uh, also, Cedric Alexander's theme song <laughs> yes. is like very entertaining mm-hmm. to me. And I think a lot of people, there's a lot of people you could really say that have great, like Jinder Mahal has a great theme song. That's very catchy. Orton's, so, you know, Orton's original not. theme. Orton, yeah. Orton, both, both of both, his but themes yep. are incredible. Like
1: Evolution's that. theme song, like that was, a, that was high on my list. That was another yeah, one that was so very high.
0: It's tough to narrow it down to one, but if I had to pick one, I'd pick Metalingus. The next one is an interesting one. So our next question was favorite pay-per-view of all time, not including a WrestleMania. So when I was thinking about this, and I said this to the the gentleman here, I I don't watch as much back from like the prime time of wrestling. So, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002... You know, I've watched the pay-per-views, but it's been a long time since I've actually gone back and watched a lot of these. But I think my favorite pay-per-view, and you know what? Just because of that, I'm I'm already I have my back up here. I'm moving that to my first position. I think my favorite pay-per-view I've ever watched was Money in the Bank two thousand eleven. Wow! I think for many reasons, uh, just the crowd atmosphere at that event was really something that. I think is very hard to replicate, replicate. I think they, they came very close in Canada, you know, this past year uh, just recently with Elimination Chamber, but just the atmosphere, the whole vibe of CM Punk going into that pay-per-view. We didn't really know what was going to happen. There was two very good money in the bank uh, matches on that card as well. And also Christian and Randy Orton had a very good match at that pay-per-view. So I, I think that was probably one of my favorites of all time. Also, probably because the main event just had so much that I enjoyed in, in terms of that. This My second in position was SummerSlam O2. Uh, you know, Rock and Brock. There was a lot. Triple H, Shawn Michaels. There was a lot of things at the SummerSlam 2 that were incredible. But I think if we're going on favorite, Money in the Bank 2011 would probably be my favorite.
2: So for me, I picked only one, and it is SummerSlam 2 Uh, Like you mentioned um, Brock versus The rock Um, at the time Brock Lesnar did go over on the rock. And at the time he became the youngest um, WWE champion at the time. There was also Shawn Michaels who returned after the four year layoff with like the injuries of retirement came back and was in probably one of the most vicious battles against triple H in the unsanctioned fight Um, in terms of wrestling ability. You also had, you know, Jericho versus Ric Flair. You had Edge versus Eddie Guerrero. You had Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio. Um, the list goes on. What else am I missing? Um, Undertaker was Test. A very good
0: card. Yeah.
2: They had a lot of great matches, and all those guys mentioned were great storytellers as well. So this was, it wasn't like an AEW current where it's just like you have a great wrestlers, but there's no story behind it. Every single match on this card essentially had a story behind it, which in totality made that like a very memorable um, pay-per-view for me
1: yeah there were like so many that came to mind from like the attitude era right after the attitude era turning into the ruthless aggression era yep. and for just a few honorable mentions i want to mention survivor series 2001 yep
0: that was with honorable mentions with you <laughs> know the w- team
1: wwf versus the alliance um yep. i also want to mention royal rumble 2005 and 2001 yes. those are two that i've gone back and rewatched so many times Yep. but if i'm basing this off my favorite and what i've watched the most of it's got to be survivor series 2003 so okay. that is a pay-per-view that i've probably watched the most in my life it had an ambulance match between kane and shane mcmahon Great. which that was probably kane's best year of wrestling when he took off the mask
0: yes for sure
1: we had undertaker versus vincent a buried Alive match and since mm-hmm. i'm a huge undertaker fan he took the loss but we saw what shovel. happened after with like Kane interrupting and <laughs> yep. stuff, the shovel spot. Oh my god,
2: that was oh vicious.
0: God.
1: You had two pretty good Survivor Series elimination matches. You had Team Angle versus yep. Team Lesnar, and then you also had Team Austin versus Team Bischoff, in yep. which Team Austin lost, so he had to pretty much leave WWE for a little bit.
0: The feuds too, like the story was great between these. right,
1: and then the main event. I mean. We're not huge Goldberg guys. The main event was Goldberg and Triple H, which was not the best match. But like we said, this isn't about what was the best. It's about our favorite. Exactly. So, you know, Survivor Series 03 is definitely one that I watched the most.
0: Got that signed by Jamie Noble. Shout out to Jamie Noble. (laughs) Shout out to
2: Jamie Noble.
0: Chris and I were at a house show. I forget where you were. But uh, yeah, he was doing autographs, and I was like, oh, what can I autograph? I was like, can you autograph this? The <laughs> SummerSlam uh, Surrounder Series 03 DVD? Yep. I was like, yeah, perfect. Let me get that.
1: So that leads into favorite pay per view theme song. Oh. And I have two for this. For my
0: first. We're, we're cheaters for most of these. We have right. multiple answers. Right. <laughs> so... also
1: also have two in this one. So my number two is actually. There's a Survivor Series 03 theme song, which is Build a Bridge by oh, wow, okay. Limp Biscuit. One yep. of my favorite songs of all time.
0: Great song. Number Great
1: song. one was an easy one. If we're including WrestleMania's in this, WrestleMania 17, My Way, by Limp Biscuit. <laughs> that's another one. Another you classic. Just, if you're a wrestling fan, that's probably your favorite theme song of all time for WrestleMania.
0: Yeah.
2: For me, I also have two. And. For my two, I put Bad Blood 2003, Headstrong by Trapped.
0: Ooh. Oh, okay. Um,
2: very catchy one. And my number one is Survivor Series 02, Always yeah. by Saliva.
0: That, I one, knew, I, knew I that think, one, I think I think Chris yep. Yep. Especially Chris that knows songs. that's a no-brainer. Yep. Yeah. that's a, Saliva had some great, great songs. Yep. Yeah. Um, WrestleMania 17, I'll give a shout-out to... And I'll give a shout out to uh saliva. They have good songs and everything. The one that and this is probably with Chris. My rewatchability of how much I've watched a pay per view also plays into this. And the pay per view I've probably watched the most in my life is Survivor Series 04. Yes. And it's ugly by the X's. I think that song instantly when I when I saw this question, I was like, "That's my answer." I one hundred percent knew that. That's yes. uh, fitting with the promo at the end was just perfect for that song and perfect for that pay-per-view it seems like survivor series has a lot of these hit songs. oh yeah survivor series always has bangers so that was that was cool survivor
1: series 2001 i listened to it last night because i had to give it a listen yeah control by puddle of mud that song was
2: fantastic That's right. yes yes <laughs>
0: Jesus, yeah, Survivor Series is just putting up the shots. Yeah.
2: Pay-per-views do not miss on their theme songs, I'll tell you that right now. No. Shout
0: out to the weekend. About to be a four time in a row WrestleMania theme song. Future well.
1: Hall of Famer in the celebrity wing.
0: Most likely, yeah. Um, next question was favorite pay per view stage? This was also for me. Um, maybe it's not for these guys, but mine was an absolute lock. Uh WrestleMania 34, the stage in new orleans uh with the mardi gras mask i thought was the most thought out and also in terms of like color and just absolute aesthetic pleasing for me that was instantly in my mind like damn that just knocked it out of the park that is my favorite wrestlemania stage of all time that is my favorite stage of all time
2: now, for me, I didn't pick a specific year. I just picked the pay-per-view. Um, I kind of like took it from a broad perspective, but no way out. I love how they had like the chains involved with it, and like the design cool. in general was one of my all-time favorites. I thought it was very cool and unique how they had that set up. Every year they had that pay-per-view, so no way out for me.
1: So I have two, two of them. One of them I want to give a shout-out, Backlash2001. It, mm. it had like it was very good. hooks that like came down like yep. this swinging that the wrestlers would walk through. I think that one was sick. And then my first one was a lock for me personally. And it was WrestleMania 20. I know it's okay. not like as big of a stage as they do nowadays. And it was at a smaller venue, but I think like aesthetically pleasing for me, that was like probably my favorite where it had like all the buildings in the background. And like, yep. I just remember Kane's entrance, with the city very being cool. on fire when he came very out. Cool. And yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah, I think nice. that's my favorite. And then that leads into favorite year of wrestling. And we might be all the same on this. We'll see. But my favorite year of wrestling was probably 2001, which was around the first year that I started watching. And I feel like I can go back that year and pick any pay-per-view and be happy watching it. Um, That's the year of... The best WrestleMania of all time. That's the year of Vince buying WCW and joining forces. And like, you know, we got Booker T coming. We got Booker T versus The Rock. Stone Cold joined the Alliance. So many things happened that year with Stone Cold turning heel. And just like the landscape of wrestling, I think that's my favorite year.
2: I am also second in that one, 2001, and if you look at our main guys, like the most memorable guys, like Undertaker, Triple H, Rock, Stone Cold, I feel like that was their absolute peak as far as like the storytelling and like the classic um, matches they had, and like they kind of went above like the rim as far as that. Um, 2001, like Chris said, every pay-per-view was a hit. Um, You could pick literally every single one, you'll find classic after classic after classic. In 2001, for me, it was a year right before um, they turned over and swapped over to WWE. So there's a lot of memorable moments going into that final year.
0: So I think 2001 is the best year of wrestling, but it's not my favorite year, only for the simple fact. I think that when I started watching wrestling, you know, I was six or seven years old, and I don't think I could take in exactly what wrestling was. And I could look back now and say, oh, I can go back and watch it. And it'd probably be my favorite year. For me, I put my favorite year as 2005 because I think that is when, specifically for me, I was like so invested in wrestling. And that was probably my peak, not necessarily my peak, but I was just at my highest, probably fandom when I was younger of wrestling and could also understand what was actually going on in wrestling. So for Mm -hmm. me, you know, we got. Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels having three three battles that year. Yep. You had a lot of other feuds going on, Triple H and Batista. You had a lot of different things going on in that year, and I think that was the year that jumped out to me and say, similar to th- 2001, it's very hard in 2005 to not enjoy a lot of the pay-per-views that I would watch. Like, if I went back and just watched 2005, You know, there'd be one or two bad matches probably on each card, but a lot of the matches and a lot of the feuds that were going on in 2005, I thought were really really good. So that, in terms of being a lot younger when 2001 happened, I think that's why I chose 2005, because it was a little bit more understandable for me. Um, And then the next one was favorite wrestlers in ring gear. So, again, so, for fans that are a fan of collecting uh, figures, wrestling figures, there's a lot of people that we say is toyetic. So, you know, your Rey Mysterios, your Seth Rollins, your Shawn Michaels, a lot of these guys that are toyetic, they have great gears when they come to the ring. For me, this one that jumps out instantly, uh, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25. That is my favorite attire that Shawn Michaels has ever worn. And just the whole get-up was incredible for me. The entrance, everything about it. One of my favorite wrestlers, Shawn Michaels. That was my favorite one from him. A close second, uh, just because I think this guy puts out everything that's great, is Seth Rollins, just in general. I think he's someone nowadays that could come out with almost anything. And you know it's just going to be incredible. Two highlights I want to throw out there for him. Obviously, his all-white white and gold, and then his gold against Triple H, I thought was incredible. He's also had ones with, like, when he did the Night King, and he had the blue the blue eyes to WrestleMania when he's in the triple threat. Uh, but shout-out to Seth Rollins, always killing the game, and a big shout-out to Rey Mysterio. I feel like it's very hard for him uh, to not be, like, the most toyetic and come down with everything that we love.
2: So I picked two. I picked one for the men and one for the women. So for okay. the women... I picked Bianca Belair because I yeah, think that's an
0: easy choice. I think,
2: <laughs> yeah, I think what she does, not just like the appearance of it, but the fact that she's artistic enough that she creates all her gear herself is just a talent alone. And to me, I don't know if this is a fact or not, but they say that she's never worn the same gear twice. And yeah. the different color schemes and like stuff she creates, I remember they said that at the last pay per view at Elimination Chamber, like she created Montez Ford's gear. Yep. And that came out flawless. That was
0: sick, gear. Yeah. yeah.
2: So <laughs> shout awesome. out to and everything I see Bianca Belair wearing is absolutely like, it's glowing. It's like sparkling. I, I love like what she comes out with. So shout out to Bianca Belair for like the talent she has alone for creating it. And for the men, I mean, no brainer to me, Rey Mysterio. I remember when I was a kid, like one of the things I remember, like you're gonna laugh at this. I wanted <laughs> to go out on Halloween and like get Rey Mysterio <laughs> mask and yes, everything on sure. Halloween. Because he comes out with some of the most unique colors. Like, I remember he had like um, the Mexican flag colors, like the white, the green, the red. I thought that was probably his best one he had. I remember back in the day he had like the light blue with the yellow, like the San Diego Charger colors. Like he had so Do many different –
0: Halloween Havoc match with Eddie Guerrero? Oh, the purple. purple. Yeah. Yep. That was incredible.
2: Yeah. It was insane that he had. So I just think that he comes out with the most like incredible gear, Um, the yeah. color patterns and – Having the long pants and everything, and this the mask, everything he comes out with is um just flawless.
1: Yeah, I also have Rey Mysterio yeah, from WrestleMania flash. Okay, flash twenty. Flash, his Flash attire. Yes. Like I definitely think there's people who I I like people's gear better than Rey Mysterio, like Seth Rollins. I like Kenny Omega's gear. Johnny yeah. Gargano has cool gear. So there's Johnny definitely. Omega's
0: on my list too. There's
1: definitely people who. I like personally better than Rey Mysterio's gear, but when I think of like my favorite, I always think back to that. WrestleMania yes. 20 in the Flash gear. He should have picked up the win and he didn't.
0: Wanted him to win that match yeah. so bad. bad.
1: But he took the uh, L so
0: devastating. In
1: the greatest gear I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this yeah. leaves into our favorite finishing move. So I think the best finishing moves are the RKO and the Sweet Chin music. Yeah. my favorite like thinking back on it when i was like a kid and even now like what i think is the coolest is the tombstone it's simple mm. from the undertaker but you knew when someone was getting hit with the tombstone they weren't gonna kick out until about 2010 2011 when Shawn michael started kicking out <laughs> but i just thought that move was so cool as a kid and it just like you know it like grew on me and I think it just fits right into Undertaker being my favorite past wrestler and probably favorite of all time. So I got the Tombstone.
2: Yeah, like you said, like the Tombstone, um, Sweet Shit Music, those are the most iconic ones in my opinion. Uh, My personal favorite is Baron Corbett, End of Days. I think that one is just very iconic. And I think the one that made it that way, especially that people – got hyped with was the fact that remember there is one pay-per-view. I forget which pay-per-view it was. There's a tag match, which it was, um who was he teamed up against? I think him and, um, what's her, and Lacey Evans, I believe versus Becky and That's Seth bad. Rollins. Yep. And he gave Becky the end of days. And I remember clean. the crowd absolutely erupted and <laughs> Becky sold it perfectly. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was absolutely cool. He
2: drew a lot of heat from that. And I just think um, that move is just so cool to look at every time.
0: I agree. Similar to Sean, um, I actually didn't go with an older guy. Cedric Alexander check actually is probably my favorite mm. finishing move to actually watch. I think there's some other ones too that I really, really enjoy, but that one definitely catches my eye the most. Sweet Chin Music, if I'm talking about like a pastime, I do think it's very iconic. But I want to shout out, again, shout, Cedric Alexander getting some love on my list for a theme <laughs> song and, and finisher. But uh, yeah, so that one's really great. And that leads into favorite championship belt, uh, Winged Eagle for me. This was this was a pretty, pretty easy choice. I think it's tough when I think about eras, and you know, for me, sometimes people hated the Spinner WWE title. I personally loved the Spinner WWE title, and you know that aesthetic for me really rang home, and I really enjoy it. Another honorable mention for me would be the white intercontinental type. Yeah, I'm going to go I with really, the really, really uh,
2: like WWE. They still and really, I think you know, going back to Jeremy's right now, like favorite year Wrestling that that 2005. That, belt so John well. Cena debuting that after he beat JBL at WrestleMania 21. Um, wow. I remember when I saw that live on and hanging off, like that robe was one of the most incredible scenes that he had. And it just fit his character perfectly and is one of my all-time favorites. Along with his UL, too, the spinner.
1: I have the WWF Championship from the Attitude Era. I think that's my favorite belt of all time. Like, when I think of, like, when I first started wrestling, that was the belt that I liked the yeah. most. And I had, like, a plastic toy one as a kid that I would walk around with. So For that's sure. that's my favorite. Another one that I wanted to mention isn't the white Intercontinental, but the the other black Intercontinental Championship they had during the Ruthless Aggression Era. Like I, I re- Benjamin. Like, man. Shelton Benjamin, time. Christian, Jericho, like, I think that was probably my favorite mm. Intercontinental Championship of all time. I just, like, really liked how it looked. I like how it had, like, the world with the blue yes. in it. And I thought it was really Miracle. cool. So that's that's an honorable mention for me. Which leads us into our favorite wrestling shirt you own. So I know we all have a ton of different wrestling gear. Yes. We all have our favorite.
0: Shout out to Ronda Rousey wearing her shirt right now. <laughs>
1: You know, whether it's a jersey or just a regular shirt, whatever it may be. My favorite is the CM Punk AEW shirt that I have. Jeremy was nice enough to buy it for me for my birthday. We went to our first AEW wrestling event uh, last year. CM Punk was not there, but I always wanted a CM Punk shirt.
0: <laughs> of course, so, it yeah, my, course it wasn't there <laughs> so I but i always wanted to for see one shirt. my second um so was my white roman Reigns one, so bloodline so that's my, shirt. my favorite but uh, my number one though and it's because of the fact that i was at this shirt shirt. event it
2: was my first wrestlemania Hall, ever Jimmy, WrestleMania so 35 the red the jerseys titles. um kind of to me that's always good to me for the fact that you know but us three went to wrestlemania together in new york and that jersey one, it was uh, so very comfortable, shirt, like not a lot of jerseys uh, like are that comfortable, but Johnny it was Bernard heavy shirt enough shirt, that it so just made it feel very, like, important. You know, it was at, heavy uh, enough to, like, Brooklyn. have rest your belts on. So I just thought the color we scheme of it was great. The red we with the gold so and the black on it was really cool. For that. So I'm going to stick with that
0: one. And then leading I'm into stick into with the question, it's my favorite faction of all time. This was an interesting one. So I did say Evolution. What, what happened? But... Also, I could say Undisputed Era was like what, what when I was like most hyped about at points. Mine is um, just because I'm older now and I, you know, again, more of the understanding. Oh, um, uh, but I said Evolution, but shout out to Undisputed Era for being one of the best that I've seen since Evolution.
2: Yeah, I also said Evolution because um, four of like my one of my favorites of all time, like Ric Flair is no matter how old he gets, like he is one of the most entertaining guys of all time. Randy, you are in? Yeah. 74, happy birthday. Randy Orton's one of my all time favorites, like the longevity factor. Same thing with Triple H. And Batista, at that point of his career, like that was probably his highlight. I mean, not that he didn't have like great highlights, like 07, like win the title, all that stuff as well, like against Undertaker. He peaked to me, like his best years were 2003 to like 2006. And three of those years were locked in with Evolution. So I think all four of them together, were, as a collective, were impactful. So that's my all-time favorite.
1: Mine is also Evolution. I mean, you had the legend of the group in Triple H. I mean, Ric Flair, you had Triple H, who was the guy at that time. You had Randy Orton, the up-and-coming guy. And then you had basically the beast of the group in Batista. And the amount of stories that they were a part of, and then all the turns that happened within that group. I think it's, you know, for me it was easy because I grew up in that time. But if I grew up in the '90s, I, I mean, I did grow up in the '90s, but I didn't watch. So I probably would have said DX if I got to see more of them with like Road Dog, Billy Gunn, X-Pac, China with all of them. I probably would have said DX because I think that probably is the greatest faction of all time. But for me, my favorite's Evolution. Um, this leads us into our favorite AEW moment. And I know we haven't really talked much of AEW and, like, the history of AEW, and we haven't talked back in the past. I had three that I I really like, so I'm going to do two honorable mentions. One of them being when Cody hit the throne with the Mm -hmm. sledgehammer. I think that was probably, like, the craziest thing he could do at that time because everyone knew he was taking a shot at Triple H. Everybody knew it. So that's one of them. John Moxley's debut is another one. I, I That crowd was insane when he walked out there. And that he really did start like a paradigm shift, as his finisher yeah. says. But my favorite is CM Punk's debut. Loved when CM Punk came back after a seven-year hiatus of not being in the wrestling business. So I was so happy to see him step foot in that ring again. I wish it was in a in WWE, but that's probably one of the best AEW moments I've ever witnessed.
0: Yeah,
2: CM Punk's debut was the loudest pop I have heard since probably maybe 02 Triple H when he returned from his like quad injury. And w- that guy just brings ratings. Like everyone was so anticipating. I remember weeks ahead, they knew he was coming back. And it was AEW's greatest weekly television program that week that he came back. And he did not miss a beat at all. He came back, delivered an incredible promo um so for that reason cm punk's debut
0: we're all in agreement with our favorite uh cm punk for me that moment i remember specifically sitting in the chair right now that i'm in at my desk watching the tv literally right next to my face and just being uh so satisfied and happy that cm punk was back in wrestling because uh like chris cm punk was like one of my favorites when at his time that he left so I I think that was like such a surreal thing that I never thought I'd see him wrestle again. So I thought that was incredible. My next question was your favorite NXT match of all time. I think this is an easy one for me. It's when I was there, Uh, Johnny Gargano against Adam Cole, two out of three falls NXT Brooklyn with the correct winner of Johnny Gargano going over Adam Cole. Chris and I will have this debate probably to the end of time because those are probably our two favorite NXT guys. Oh,
2: boy. Here we go.
1: Sean had to sit in the middle of that. Sean had to sit.
0: Yeah, just the atmosphere of that match, though. Uh, You know, how many near falls was there? Shout out to the Undisputed Earth for taking some mean bumps on the outside before the ending to that match. Uh, Everything I wonder in that match in terms of storytelling... The original story was supposed to be Tommaso Ciampa and uh, Johnny Gargano and Johnny Gargano going over. But they did, you know, I think they sh- captured lightning in a bottle because they had Adam Cole. And that turned into three incredible matches between them. So uh, for me, and that was also probably the best match of an NXT history as well. So that was my favorite.
2: Yeah, I second that as well. NXT Brooklyn with Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano that match delivered on so many levels the uncertainty of the back and forth because there were so many points in that match where i'm like well adam Cole is going to win this match and then other points gargano's going to win the chemistry was back and forth through the roof and i thought the overall card was amazing as well
1: yeah that whole show was incredible i agree with you guys adam cold versus johnny gargano we were there i might be a little biased but that was one of the top three greatest matches I've ever witnessed. And it was by far the yeah. best match I've ever seen in person. Um, yeah. It's unfortunate Adam Cole didn't get it done. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> but like all the near falls, like you guys said, with you know Undisputed Era getting involved, Johnny Gargano taking them out one at a time. As we saw the kick to Bobby Fish on the outside, Roddy took <laughs> a mean <laughs> one. <laughs> but um, that, the line? That, that, that match, that <laughs> match. that had everything you wish for and they absolutely delivered for a match that probably wasn't supposed to happen.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: This leads us into our favorite hell in a cell match of all time.
0: Mm.
1: Mine is the six man Armageddon hell in a cell in, in 2000. So that is my favorite of all time. I remember being, you know, a seven year old kid at the time and my dad ordered that pay-per-view for us. And the amount of times I rewatched that match, and for those that don't know, I'm a big Rikishi fan. I always was. Yes. And like, I just remember those images of him getting thrown off the top of that cell from Undertaker. And it's pretty incredible because I don't think that match gets talked about enough. And it's crazy that Kurt Angle actually won that match against the guys that were in. You had Kurt Angle, The Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H, Undertaker, and who's the last one? There was one Rikishi. more. Rikishi. 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 Right. So I mean, those are six big names, and Kurt Angle won that match. So. That's that's my favorite. That was the easy one.
2: Yeah, that was definitely a great match. Um, but for me, I'm going to go to Bad Blood 97, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. Shawn Michaels nice. won the very first Hell in a Cell match. And I think we were, all three of us are in agreement that Shawn Michaels is the greatest in performer ever. And Undertaker, the greatest of all time. So you put those two together, and this sparked what was the greatest WrestleMania ever down the line. Um, but for me, this match was... Back and forth, it was very brutal. Um, the debut of, well, not really the debut, but Kane coming back and screwing over The Undertaker in that just made that performance sound much better. So I'm going to go to 97. Only four years old at the time, but when I was able to watch it, <laughs> I played it back, and I was, I was so impressed on so many levels with that match.
0: So going to 2005, I have Vengeance 2005. Batista Triple H in the Hell in a Cell. Uh, For me, this was exact the feud that I really enjoyed, and also the result that was exactly what you want a Hell in a Cell to be—a bloody mess, an absolute war. I think that match was one of their better matches, to be fair, that they had. And for me, it was like you know Batista again slaying Triple H, who was someone in two thousand five that again was at the height of his powers. It seemed like all the time during that time. So for me that one really stood out to me as as probably my favorite one that I've watched. And probably the one I've watched the most.
1: Shout out to
2: Undertaker Brock, No Mercy, 02. Yes, great. That and was second. To, oh, that was for me. It seems like the Undertaker
0: me. has been in a lot of these.
2: King of the, the Ring, Mankind yeah. Undertaker, when he threw Mankind off the cell.
0: Mankind, Undertaker. You could even say Triple H, Undertaker from Mania. Yeah, you, know, you know these are also some that Undertaker,
1: know, Randy Orton. Undertaker seems seems <laughs> yeah.
0: Undertaker, <laughs> Randy. It seems yep, like Undertaker trying- is in a ton of these matches. Yep. Um. So shout out to the Undertaker. Obviously, just adding to his resume. And then the next question is: If you could meet one superstar, who would it be? Uh, for me, another easy answer: It's AJ Styles. Uh, someone to this day, I think that resonates with me not only when I was younger when I watched TNA back then and you know I easily picked him out the first time I ever watched TNA and I said that's gonna be my favorite guy the stuff he was doing so and I think my style of wrestling also you know people don't like flips they like the bigger guys I always loved the guys that were more agile and athletic in the ring and AJ was the epitome of that when I was younger And for me, he's only consistently gone up from there. So AJ would be the one person that I would want to meet.
2: For me, it was between John Cena and The Undertaker. But I'm going to say The Undertaker because I feel like with his longevity and to be able to have a conversation with him, I feel like you would get so much dialogue and insight of all the the behind-the-scenes stories and the entertainment value of it. And he's such a legend in the fact that when I remember growing up, People would say that he would stay in character even outside the ring, which is very cool because I know that was one of his gripes uh, about today's with social media and stuff. That, like, he feels like a lot of people are opposite of what they are outside the ring, but he would normally stay in character. And I just think that he has a laundry list of moments and like stuff that shouldn't be aired out. That if you were to meet him and be able to like have that conversation with him, he would disclose so much of you. So, Undertaker.
1: And the person that I chose is actually The Rock. So I think he's somebody who would also be someone to have, like, great conversation with and just, like, talk about the wrestling business and even stuff outside of wrestling that he does because he does so much with communities and, like, gives back to people and stuff like that. And I think he's just, like, actually a really genuine human being. And I do think he's very humble as well. And, you know, he was, like, probably my favorite at that time other than undertaker of growing up in the attitude era watching and then you know getting to see him come back and face john cena he's just somebody who i definitely like look up to even like in the gym and trying to work out and stuff like that so he's somebody who i'd want to meet for sure and then the next one is an interesting one it's actually if you could go back in time and change one thing in wrestling history what would you change
2: Mm.
1: so mine was an easy answer I would not have The Undertaker lose to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 30. I would absolutely not do that. Um, It did a lot for Brock Lesnar's career as he's still wrestling. And, you know, he's the beast incarnate. At the time, he was the one in 21 and one or whatever it was. Um, But back then, I really wanted to give it to someone younger. I personally wanted it to be CM Punk the year before that. And Undertaker is somebody who could have never lost that streak. And him losing at WrestleMania, it did not do anything to his legacy whatsoever. So what was the point in having him lose in the first place if it wasn't meaningful? So I that is probably the most important thing that I would change is just I couldn't believe it when it happened. Just like the the
2: faces in the crowd. You cannot believe something like that. Yeah, I'm going to pick two. So that's one of them. I feel like Undertaker losing to Brock was not the right move. I felt like if he were going to lose, first of all, I don't even think the streak should have ever been broken. But if it were to be, I would say either Shawn Michaels or WrestleMania 25 or maybe down the line, have someone like maybe like a John Cena or like a Seth Rollins or somebody go out there and beat it. The second one is kind of a unique one. It's more of like a personal one because I think the biggest thing to me that was the biggest heartbreaker was Eddie Guerrero's addiction. And if he never went through that, he would still be here with us today. So I felt like him going through that addiction and him his life ending in 2005, I think it was November, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So I would change that, that he never went through that addiction and he would still be alive today doing what he loves. Because he, to me, top four of all time in-ringer, entertainer, he was that great. <clears throat> it's a good one.
0: That is a good one. Very good. Uh, me, it's a very much a theme of who I'd like to meet, so... My biggest thing that I would change, besides the Undertaker losing the streak, because I think that was the obvious answer for me at least. Like that was the first thing that came to my mind, and I was like, "Ah, oh, let me be a little, do something else." Uh, AJ coming to WWE about five years earlier. I think we've got would have gotten a lot more out of him in terms of title runs, in terms of maybe building him up a little bit more. Because even today. I think when he first came on the scene, he was seen immediately as like the guy. I think he's lost a lot of that in terms of his past couple of years of really being in the main event scene, doing tag team stuff. And, uh, you know, not to say you always need to be in the main event, but he, and he seems to be comfortable with it, to be fair. Like he's probably not causing many issues. But for me, if we had another five years of AJ Styles in his prime, uh, that would have been pretty memorable for myself. And the next question would be if you could, another back in time. So if you can go back in time and go to one event, what would you go to? Uh, for me, it's a simple answer, and it's an obvious answer. It's WrestleMania 17 to be in the crowd during that event. Uh, the best WrestleMania ever. TLC, the main event. That would be simply for me... An event that I would have to go to because I, I just hold it in such high regard.
2: For me, it's my personal fear WrestleMania WrestleMania 19 at Safeco Field. Um, seeing Brock Lesnar like a young Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle, who to me is probably the second best wrestler. You can make the case he's the greatest ever. I've always wanted to see that match live and that match delivered. Even though there were injuries in that match later on near the end of the match, but. That match absolutely delivered. Um, you know, Hulk Hogan was on the card. Uh, you know, Rock. I mean, Vince was on there. Like, there are a lot of great matches on that card. So, and Safeco Field was one of my all-time favorite ballparks. Just like from a distance, watch on TV. So, being there live was always something that I've always dreamed about.
1: Mine is what Jeremy said. WrestleMania Seventeen, the greatest event in wrestling history. Like he <laughs> said, you got TLC two, you got Vince versus Shane. And a great match, Undertaker-Triple H. You had the main event where Stone Cold turns heel and joins Vince McMahon. It had everything. It is, I mean, WrestleMania hasn't really compared to that since WrestleMania 19, in my opinion. And I don't know if anything ever will touch it. We'll see what Triple H has up his sleeve. But for me, I would go back to that event in a heartbeat. This leads us into what's one pay-per-view that you would want to have brought back? And I just based this off of the name of a pay-per-view that I like the most. And that's Armageddon. Armageddon Mm. was a great pay-per-view. It was always in December, right before Royal Rumble. I looked back on so many different Armageddons. And it seems like every single one had an amazing main event. There was Mm -hmm. like three or four different Armageddons that had a Hell in a Cell match at it.
0: Oh, five. Big show, JBL.
1: Yep. There was Armageddon 2000... Um, yep. there was one with Randy Orton and Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match. Yep. Armageddon 2002 had Shawn Michaels and Triple H in three stages of hell. Was yep three stages of hell was great. There, yeah. there were so many different ones, and I think Armageddon was one of my favorite pay per views to go back and rewatch, no matter what year it is. So I want Armageddon to come back.
2: Yeah, I second that one, Armageddon for sure, because of the Hell in a Cell matches. My personal favorite one was. And this was at the time where I was probably like more razor sharp focused on like the, how the wrestling business worked. Was oh, and the storyline for this is one of my favorites of all time. Randy Orton in The Undertaker in 05, Armageddon, Hell in a Cell. How that came along, incorporating uh Cowboy Bob Wharton being involved in this picture, was absolutely beautifully done. And Undertaker going over on Orton, finally ending the feud for the time being. So they've and like they're. Chris mentioned on there was like the six man, um, hell in a cell match you had. So Armageddon for sure is one of those iconic ones that you just had to be there for that. You got to bring back in the long term.
0: Armageddon is a great shout, but I actually went a different route. I went judgment day. Judgment day is another key pay-per-view that in terms of name recognition, I think needs to come back and replace one of the the gimmick pay-per-views that they have now. You know, I'm excited that they're moving back from backlash. Uh, from wrestlemania backlash to backlash so that kind of helps that that thing but judgment day for me would be one that i would really want back and i think a big shout out to king of the ring as well for coming mm-hmm. back uh, that would be a great pay-per-view to stick around nice so many good and
1: names so many good yeah. ones remember no, no mercy
2: rebellion. no mercy
1: dungeon. no mercy bad blood
0: Vengeance, yeah. Bad Blood, yeah, those are a lot of
2: good Tuesday. ones. Tuesday. Tuesday.
0: Yeah, Cyber... uh, Seth Cyber had, Sunday. Uh, cyber One, Cyber Sunday. They had so many. S- <laughs>
2: Saturday Night Mean <laughs> Event.
1: So many good ones. Saturday <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry, laughs> Night Capital Punch. Man.
0: Capital, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the last question <laughs> we have for you all tonight is uh one dream match that you always wanted to see. For me... Uh, Stone Cold versus CM Punk, it's something that for myself was something that we will, it will 100%, I can almost guarantee we'll never get that match. You know, if CM Punk comes back to WWE and Stone Cold somehow comes out of retirement and says, let's have the match, fine. But I don't see that match ever taking place. And that is what, which one, one match that I could really put down on paper and say, this is 100% what I wanted to see. The promo work would probably be the best promo work of any feud of all time, in my opinion. Just between those two, that dynamic, I just think, would be incredible.
2: For me, it is my personal favorite of all time, The Rock, in the greatest to ever do it in-ring, Shawn Michaels. Ironically, you would figured that those two were essentially from coming up in the same era, but they've never faced each other in anything. And I remember I was reading an article, actually, when I wanted to like kind of re up on the story. Apparently, back then, Vince was trying to push for that match. But The Rock was not a fan of Shawn Michaels. They didn't want to work with him back then, so he turned it down. So, what a
0: bum. <laughs> yeah.
2: So it was very shocking to me when I heard about that. But I know Shawn Michaels was a headache back in the day. He had a lot of problems, you know, with Bret Hart. Undertaker wasn't a fan of him back then. But I know they're on good terms now, but that was one match that I felt like we missed out on.
1: And I agree with Jeremy. That's that's not my number one, but I think CM Punk Stone Cold has to be on everybody's list as well. But for me personally, I always wanted to see this match. And they had one chance to do it, and they didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Undertaker versus Sting is Mm -hmm. a dream match that I always wanted. They could have done it at WrestleMania 31. They didn't do it. They went a different route. But I think those are probably two of the best characters and gimmicks in wrestling history. And you know we always wanted to see who the best Dark character was out of those two. So it's too bad we never got that, but that's a dream match that I always wanted to see. That's that's on uh, that's the number one for me.
0: Great choices, guys. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great list. Thank you for sticking with us through it. I know we uh, we really went through twenty questions. It was a long list, but yep. uh, we really appreciate it. Interact with us. Let us know other places on our social medias. Maybe we'll post some of these. Uh, throughout the week this week on our socials and and just kind of dive in maybe we'll throw some video clips in there about some of our favorite things and our favorites list on the about me section so stay tuned our next episode will be uh friday this week we'll be doing our revolution review our, our revolution preview sorry uh so we'll be kind of going into details on that we'll talk a little bit probably about raw and AEW from this week and then we'll really hit the ground running with revolution because it's this weekend so should be a good pay-per-view. We're very excited. Not as many matches as there usually is so far, so let's fingers crossed that we that don't it that add way. six this week. Yep. Um, so we'll kind of go from there. But we'll see you on Friday, and thank you all for joining us. Have a good one.